Welcome to New Hope and the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater. You got, you got better stuff ahead of you than you got right now in the kingdom of God. The old is better. Pastor Randy continues his series, Changed by Jesus. He's also bringing to the stage two very special guests. But now, turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 5. Here's Pastor Randy. Amen. Good morning, New Hope. You can elbow bump whatever it is you do. Open your Bibles with me to the gospel according to the physician. If you'd remain standing, we're going to read this together, just a couple verses beginning at verse 36 of chapter five of the Gospel of Luke. He also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment, puts it on an old garment. If he does, he'll tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wine skins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and it'll be spilled and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins, and no one after drinking old wine desires new. That needs to be an encouragement. For some of us in this room today, this is our word of encouragement. If you're old, and more of us are there than would admit it, the old is, what's it say? What's it say? Good. The old is good. So, so how, many, how many good people we got here today? All right, come on, it's all right, all right, it's good. And may God bless the reading of his word. You can be seated. We've been going through this series, Changed by Jesus. How do we change? How do we change? And we, I, was, uh, I had a real privilege on Wednesday night. I got to go over and speak at Lug Snellville. And then, and then I was talking to my brother Vernon because Anita and I were on a board at Asbury and we, we went up to Wilmore and my brother Vernon said, said, are you, are you flying to Wilmore? And I said, I hope not. They don't have an airport. So uh, we, we flew to Lexington, and we landed in Lexington, and we went to Wilmore, and we went to, to Asbury. We're at this board. And when we're in Wilmore, there's all these people that knew us from like when we were in college. And, and it's, it's a funny thing. I, I, somebody, some kids from my youth group sent some pictures uh, to us yesterday, and it's pictures of Anita. Now, I hadn't seen these pictures before, and they, they're, on, they're on Facebook. Please don't do it while we're in church. Um, but if you do, be sure and check in at Grace New Hope as you're doing that. And, and uh, so, so I, I posted these pictures, and literally, Anita literally does look the same, okay? So we like walk around, and people go, hey, Anita, and they go, who's, who's are you still married to Randy? Yeah, and because uh, I look different than I did then, all right? I do, it's not fair, okay, Every, you know, all my brothers have hair, which I tell them it's about testosterone, but, um, but they, it's a joke. All right, it wasn't that funny either. Okay, thank you for the mercy laugh there. But, but it's, it's uh, you know, all my brothers have movie star hair, me included. They just got Clooney, I got DeVito. That's the, that's, that's the problem with it. But, but we walk around and, and it's, it's obvious that, that I have changed, that I look different but, but how do we change? How does God change us? This passage of scripture, this story, 
is a macro story about being changed by Jesus, the new wine and the, and the new wineskins. That's that picture. But, but he begins this by showing us how somebody changes. Here's the crazy thing. It's not even that hard if you're willing. Well, let me say this. It's not complicated. It's not easy, but it's not complicated. Look at what he says. Verse 27 of chapter five. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi. Now, some of your versions say called Levi. That was not his actual name, or if it was his name, his name got changed. It looks like he had a different name because the name in Luke and Mark is Levi, but the name in Matthew is Matthew, the one who wrote the book of Matthew. Same guy here. Levi becomes Matthew. Levi means one who takes, which is a perfect name for this guy because he's a tax collector. A tax collector in that day was a combination of an IRS agent and a loan shark. They could charge the rate that they chose as long as the Romans got what they wanted. So the Romans would take their cut of every person and the tax collector could live off the excess of that. So Steve, he might come to you and say, you know, I, I, Steve, where, what kind of car do you drive? Okay, all right, Ford Fusion. Steven, what kind of car? I, your name's Steven, you're Steve. Very confusing, right? Okay, you drive a Ford Fusion, all right? Which is a fine automobile, a fine automobile made by a fine motor company, all right? So, so, so maybe they charge you like a certain tax rate, say, say 20%, okay? Lanier, you've got a Corvette, okay? You're gonna get charged about 40%, all right? Because he's looking at you and going, Fusion, Corvette, Fusion, Corvette. I can get more out of, out of Corvette than Ford Fusion, all right? Maybe that's not really the case, but, it, but that's the appearance of it at least. So the tax collector charges more, but he only does the 20% to the Romans. He gets to keep that extra 20 for himself. So he's living this high life off of Lanier and his Corvette, okay? Because you're driving a Chevrolet. All right, that's why. That's how the tax collector thing worked. The tax, Levi means one who takes. But Matthew, on the other hand, has a different name and a different meaning. Matthew means gift of God. It looks like his name was Matthew all along. Jesus calls him Matthew. You'll see that. He was known as Levi. It was so much a case of that's what he was, that that's how he identified himself as Levi, one who takes. But his name was Matthew, the gift of God. Jesus takes us if we're willing. And he takes us from what we were to what he sees. Sin, in its essence, is not seeing God for who he is. Sin, in its essence, is not seeing people for who they are, made in the image of God. Why do we, why do we hate people? Why, why, do, we, why do we treat people with, without dignity? Why do, why do we steal and murder and harm? Why is racism ever an issue? Because we don't stop and realize we have one father. We have, amen, church. We got one father. And, and look, don't, if, you, if you come to me and say, Randy, I love you, you're great. 
I want to take you to dinner, and you're mean to my kids. We are not cool, right? As a matter of fact, I can buy my own dinner, but I need people to be good to my kids. You, when we fail to see God for who he is, when we fail to see other people that they are made in his image, and, and here's the last thing. We walk we wind up being in this place where we don't even see ourselves for who we are. Any of you guys ever been there? I have. It's like, you're like, why did I do that? How did I ever make a choice like that? How did I get to this place? How did I find myself walking down this path? This is not who I am. This is Levi, one who takes. But his name was Matthew. When he was born, his father held him high. This is Matthew, the gift of God. But he came one, became one, who literally was taking from his very own people. And he said to him, follow me. Two words. Not 12 steps. Not a lifelong pattern of behavior management. Two steps. A lot of discipleship, a lot of accountability becomes behavior management. Two steps. Follow, and who are you following? Me. Follow me. And look at this. And leaving everything, he rose up and followed him. You cannot broker with brokenness, church. You cannot broker with brokenness. You can't have a little bit of sin in your life. If, if, I, if I were, and if I had time today, but we got some interviews and I don't wanna take time away, but if I were to, to bring you up here and I were to offer you a bag of Lay's potato chips, and remember, you couldn't eat just one, could you? Nobody can eat just one. And I gave you some Lay's potato chips. And then I said, okay, now do you want a Coca-Cola? Absolutely. I'm really hooked on Coke Zero. I don't know what they're putting in that stuff, but boy, it is good. And they give you, they give you a Coke or a Coke Zero and, they, and it pops open and, and you pour it over the ice and it fizzes and you know, does that thing that it does. It's like magic. And then I said to you, okay, how much of my spit do you want in your Coke? Actually, there's... There's a farmer over here. Let me go grab some manure. Let me, how much manure do you want in your Coke? What would, what would the answer be? Thank you. I'm surprised everyone didn't say that. None. None. You can't broker with brokenness. What, how does he, what does he leave? He leaves everything. He steps away. The woman at the well, she leaves her pot. Jonah leaves the boat, not of his own choice. You have to leave. You, you can't broker with that brokenness. He leaves everything. And then look at this. He takes, Jesus takes this guy and, and he does this personal change in him, but this personal change does something that affects other people. And Levi made him. Who's he make it for? Jesus, a great feast. But you see, when you, when you bring honor and glory and blessing to God, it impacts other people. A great feast in his house. And there was a large company of who would show up at a tax collector's house? Tax collectors. Nobody else showing up. Nobody else is showing up. 
tax collectors. You, you've been walking away from God your whole life in a certain group of people. The people that are gonna show up are the people who feel comfortable around you at first. Tax collectors and others reclining at table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors? And Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Amen to that. He does a personal work, and there is a corporate response that happens in that personal work. He has things that he longs to do in your life, in the place where you are, in your place of work, in your family, and he starts working on you, and he puts you back into that place. To leave everything doesn't mean to leave the people. It means to leave what was broken about it. And he puts him back into that place. How do we do that? How do we become the one who is the gift versus being the one who takes? I got a couple people who are gonna come up right now, Heather and Rodney, so if we can get those stools for them and we wanna... Um, and they're gonna just share how God's been moving in their heart, giving them a personal call that's gonna have an impact on lots of people. So would you guys welcome Heather and Rodney? They're really sweet people. He's gonna sit on the floor. You're gonna stand? Okay. You're not, you're not too short. Listen, some of you guys don't know this. Heather had a huge honor growing up. Oh, wow. <laughs> Heather was Miss Georgia Cattleman. Did I get that right? Yes. Yeah. She still is. She still is. Yeah. <laughs> Rating Miss Georgia Cattleman. They shut the competition down after Heather. Heather's one of only, Heather and I are, the, I think, the only people in the room that had blue jackets. FFA. Yeah, FFA. Did anybody else in the room have an FFA jacket? Oh, oh, we got another. All right, winner, winner, chicken dinner in the back. All right, one more person. Congratulations. So everybody else is like, what in the world are they talking about? Let's talk about something that they do know about. God put a call on you, and why don't you tell, well, tell them what you're doing and how God kind of moved into that call. Okay, so I'm Heather Leo, and I have been attending here at Grace New Hope for about six or seven years. I was the kids director here for six years, and I was a children's director at a previous church as well. And I left my job in August to uh, work at an organization that I'm going to tell you about. So, All right. And Rodney, well, that's it. Let's, let's stay with you for a little bit, Heather. All right, let's stay there. So, so God put this call on your heart to help people in a certain way. And it actually had a bearing because of something he was doing in your family. Yes. Um, okay. So in, uh, as a parent and working with kids in church, um, I learned sometimes the hard way that kids, that there's no, you know, one size fits all approach to raising kids. And you have to take each child individually. Um, they have their own gifts, their own challenges, and sometimes they need a place to be renewed and have a new name. 
And um, my best friend started an organization called Learning to Serve, and um, she started it in 2009, and it helps kids um, get scholarships to go to private school if they, you know, need that environment. They, each kid responds to their environment differently. And so um, we have been helping kids, you know, for over 13 years. And um, after 13 years of volunteering and benefiting, um, I stepped into working with her in that organization. And um, we're helping about 440 kids in the state of Georgia. Wait, say right that now. number again. 440 kids yeah, in the state yeah. of Georgia. And um, it's a real honor to be able to step into families' lives and help them with their children to receive the education that they really need. And um, the, the way that works is that our scholarships are funded by tax credits that individuals and businesses pay to us instead of to the state. I mean, we don't like to pay taxes, right? Like it's a little easier when you're uh, paying them to help kids. Hang on just one second. If yeah. you work for the IRS, you did not hear that here today. Let me be really clear. Okay, keep going. Um, so, um, yeah, they, we receive tax credits from the state, and then kids apply, and we turn those into scholarships that are used to help kids. And in return, we ask the kids to serve in their community. So rather than, you know, um, you know, creating entitlement, we want kids to feel an investment, and we want them to learn how to serve and grow a heart of service in their communities. And so, um, you know, anyone can be involved in this. Um, you can donate your tax credits to us online on our website, or kids can apply for the scholarship on our website as well. So, yeah, Amazing. we have, we're helping even kids right here at New Hope. Um, one of the moms of one of the kids that we're helping came to me recently and said, this is the first year that my child has done well in school. Um, she has A's and B's for the first time ever. And she went from, I, don't, I can't graduate high school to I want to go to college. And that's powerful. Yeah, that's I mean, powerful, yeah. And I could go on and on about all the stories, and I get really emotional when I talk about the kids, um, so I won't. But um, I'll be happy to share stories, and they're also on our website as well. Well, and the caveat between you and Rodney was I started helping in a, in a kid's life club. We used to call it Good News, but a kid's life club. And the honest reason was, I was just wanting the kids team to know I was behind you guys and I was trying to find a place I could serve. So I jumped in and over the, over the course of this year, uh, especially uh, where I've had a group, it's just such an amazing thing. You know, you know this, when you invest in a kid's life, how it changes everything. And the, so I have nine boys in my group. Jordan, Hannah, and I have this group at Starling Elementary. And this week we did honors, and it, we, so we wrote something to honor every kid, and Jordan and I had a sheet, and one of the boys wrote on my sheet, there was, it, was, it was so sweet, because you know, until, until they get to a chance to express back, you don't know, and one of, the, one of the kids wrote, Randy, Pastor Randy, you are a great pastor and or teacher. Uh, so uh, I, I, I don't know which it was, but... Uh, Kids are honest. Kids are honest, yeah. I get, maybe it depended on the certain day. But I got to know Rodney's dad because of you doing a Kids Life Club. And Rodney's dad was a volunteer at a Kids Life Club. And I was actually like a substitute at that club and was there and got to know Rodney, your dad. And Rodney's dad had pastored in the Gwinnett area for, I guess, 13 years, but then specifically over here for three years. Um, 
Without going into details, I know some of the backstory, not because his dad told me, but because other people told me. That things weren't always done fair. But your dad didn't respond in anger to that. And that reflects in the life of his son. And, um, and I, uh, I just, your dad and I became instant friends. I mean, literally instant friends. And we worked together. And on the Monday, we worked at that club together. And I called him Wednesday afternoon to say, we gotta get lunch, but I'm gonna be out of town this week at a conference. And he called me back Wednesday night, December 5th. And on December 6th, three years ago, he lost his life in a car accident. And I have this phone message on my phone that I hadn't listened to yet. It's still there. And, and I had kept that, and I've prayed for your family over the last three years. And about six months ago, seven months ago, Rodney comes in, and you told me, that's Rodney Jr., and I went up and hugged you, and it went from there. And God's doing something in your heart here, so why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so just kind of a bit of a backstory. Um, at a church, I, I guess it's considered Loganville, uh, right there at... Um, at uh, Cooper, uh, not too far from Grayson High School. It was where my dad started his church. And that's where I came from. So I was there for six years and did a ton of stuff, whether it's similar to what Daniel does here, music side, youth worship, and a ton of stuff, and felt more of a calling to transition and leave. And that's a big step, mainly because it was growing up as a pastor's kid, you usually kind of serve. And that's all I did for 15 years since I was about, I don't know, 15 years old or so. So really about 17, 18 now. But, um, so it was different for me stepping out on that. One, I knew everybody there coming to a new place. And so, again, I just came that week. We had visited, me and my mom and the rest of my family had visited uh, the summer of 2020. And I had no idea, due to Heather Leo, when my dad passed, she was very instrumental, helped at the house. And that's where we really met each other. And I had no idea Pastor Randy uh, knew him or anything like that. I knew he had, you know, a ton of friends in the area, but not really knowing they knew each other until that summer. But anyway, so I transitioned, came here in the first place. I was uh, decided to come was here because when I visited that summer, I uh, enjoyed the diversity, the worship, and the way things were done here uh, for the outside service. Um, so I came, uh, and Pastor Randy, that same Sunday, I believe, uh, found me in the back and said, hey, get my number. Let's meet up this week. We did. Uh, and I originally just came to uh, marginally got bogged down in ministry a ton, at doing it for so much, for so many years, it can get really um, taxing and weighing on you. Um, however, so I came with just the intent of sitting and kind of just finding my way as time goes on. Well, Pastor Randy wasn't really having that one. So... <laughs> The first week, it's like, hey, I'll get you hooked up with Daniel. It's like, all right. Um, and uh, we played a CR maybe like two weeks later, and yeah. it kind of went Here's from there. The word. Here's the actual word. I said, do you play? And, and you said a little bit, and I went to CR, and I said, that ain't a little bit. That's a lot of bit. That's what that is. So, um, but anyway, in that, so just kind of last months or so, getting to know Daniel, able to play at Summit this year, um, and it was, with that was really good. It was by a whim that their keys player uh, bowed out last minute, and so Daniel called me, um, was a, it was like a Wednesday night, I think it was, and so he's like, hey, practice is Friday, so I had like 11 <laughs> songs to learn. In about six hours. And you learned hours. how many songs? Uh, 11 songs in about 11 six songs, hours. yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so... I've enjoyed the opportunity and what it come. And so we had a uh, vision meeting for the um, worship team um, a couple of Mondays ago, uh, end of Jan January. And, um, and so 
we did that and on the way to work, um, and it's about an hour drive for me, I have a lot of time to think. So just kind of thinking and processing everything, one thing that hit me was kind of just incorporating the worship on my side of it is the worship and uh, more kind of a diverse aspect of music. Um, everything else is, is great. Uh, I don't have kids and I'm married, so um, from what I can see, uh, it is, but you have multiple. So that's an invitation, by the way, there. Okay, all right. So. <laughs> he said that, not me. Okay. But, um, all right. <laughs> no, he's good. He's good. But, um, but yeah, um, and so I, um, uh, I began to, one thing that attracted me to the church was the diversity in different cultures and different things, which is really rare to see, especially in such a uh, racially diverse country. Um, we see a lot of churches, but not a lot of um, diversity in them. But, uh, but anyway, so I just thought that through when I said, man, it'd be really great to incorporate more gospel influence stuff. And so as the, I think the past two weeks, we've done kind of gospel driven stuff more than normal. Um, and so Sarah and Daniel, I met with them and they were on board with it. But it's just the process and the vision behind that was just kind of incorporating everybody in everything. A lot of times, like I always say, it's kind of like inviting somebody to a uh, barbecue and they're vegan or vegetarian and they have some kind of dietary restriction and all I have is chicken, uh, ribs, and a whole bunch of meat. Well, they're not going to feel very welcomed if that. But something that really clicked for me um, well, something Sarah did actually is an example. So we did, during that meeting that we had, she went up to uh, the guitarist and asked, hey, I know you have this dietary restriction. I think it was gluten-free. Say, I'm going to get dessert, but they have gluten-free this. Which one do you want? Her point in that was, similar to where I'm going, is she included him because when we had dessert, he can be included in the meeting, dinner. When we had dessert, if it wasn't gluten-free, he couldn't really participate and feel included. So she included him, and I'm sure that in a small way meant the world. So that way, in every element, everybody's included. So in a lot of ways, that's church for a lot of African-Americans in um, more Baptist churches or uh, different forms of churches to where the music, everything else is good. You have social aspect groups uh, that we do small groups. Your kids feel welcome. But music is kind of this adjustment that has to be made. But I think in that, the whole totality and 100% can be uh, kind of put forward as opposed to just having 90% of it good. And we just kind of adjust to this. So if you're going to welcome all people, um, I think it's, it's great to... Uh, do that and include them in everything you do, not just kind of one element of it. All right. Thank you, guys. So we, so we, need, we need more people in music. And by the way, what a lot of people don't know, Heather is a great singer, and Rodney's a great keyboard player. So, Heather. I think that's a prerequisite for growing up Methodist. Okay, all right, okay. You're both Methodists. You do know all the parts. Yeah, yeah, you know how to sing parts. So you don't want to sing right now? Okay. <laughs> All right. Can we thank Heather and Rodney for being up here this morning? Thank you, guys. I, I want to I wrap up. Rodney, if you want to just go to the keyboard, I'm going to wrap up, you know, if that. Uh, but uh, look at this, verse 33. And they, the Pharisees, said to them, said to him, the disciples of John fast often and offer prayers and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom's with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away and then they will fast in those days. And he also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment, puts it on an old garment. If he does, he'll tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skin and it'll be spilled 
and the skins will be destroyed. New wine must be put into fresh wineskins. Now, that's true with one exception. A wineskin was literally that. It was an animal hide that was sewn up and you would put the wine in and then it would ferment and as it fermented, it would stretch the skin. If it was filled up, it would stretch the skin. And once the skin stretched, it, it will burst. But I'm a farm boy. I know how leather and hides works. Here's the thing. There, there's an exception to that rule and here's the exception. You can oil it up and you can soften it. And if it's oiled up, it can be softened and it can expand out even more. Here's, here's the simple thing for us. We, we don't have to stay in a place where we're not used by God. But there's a choice that we make. We, we, can, be, we can be a new skin but if we're an old skin, and a lot of us are, emotionally, physically some, but emotionally, in our culture, I think a lot of emotional, I, I hear this from nurses and teachers and doctors, that they've never seen a time that our kids are wrestling with the emotional trauma that they are right now. The, the loss of life among our teenagers from from overdose, from self-inflicted harm. It's at record numbers right now. Over 100,000 kids last year lost their life in overdoses. How, how do you step into a culture like that and be used by God if you're an old skin? Well, you can be empty not have any filling in you at all and not be used by him. You can burst and everything winds up getting worse. And I, I, I see that happening. I, I see people who do what I do bursting. Christians literally emotionally, spiritually bursting and, and stepping away from their faith or, or harming people in the midst of it or you can be softened. And you can be softened and he can use you again. And he can put wine in again. And you can be used more, if you're willing. But you have to be willing. Last week we had a special guest, we call him Tony. We weren't able to put it online for lots of reasons. If you were here, you know why. If you were here Sunday night, you know really why. But then there were more stories that happened around my fireplace later in the night. I, if I didn't know this guy for 40 years, I wouldn't have believed it. But I've known him all the way from college. We fasted on Thursday after Thursday luncheon. We prayed together during college with another friend. And I've known this guy and, and God put in his heart to go to that land, to that nation, back in college. And he went. And he served. But as he was here last week, 
it did a number on my heart because I watched him. When you do this job, you go to conferences and they tell you, here's how you grow your church. You, you make your entrance pretty because people decide in the first 10 seconds after they walk in if they're gonna come back or not. You, you try to make everything as appealing as possible and, and you try to follow things up and you try to have groups, small groups for people because if adults don't have a place, they feel like they belong. Even if you have something for their kids, they won't stay. And all those things, they tell us all these things at, at pastor's gatherings and you study these things and you learn all these things. And then somebody like that just walks in and just loves people like crazy. And I was struck by who was attracted to him because he hugged people, not, I'm a youth pastor, so this is what you get from me, the side youth pastor hug, very appropriate. It's not how he hugs people. He hugged people. And I was struck by who was attracted to him. Josh Alamon, our youth pastor, was so, just wanted to be around him, just hung out with him. The, the whole weekend that he was here, Josh is just trying to get with him. Listen, there is not a more masculine guy than Josh Alamon. Okay, I'm just telling you. Okay, I'm a pretty good shot, I am. Josh blows me out of the water. When I was young, I knew how to fight. There is no way on earth I would fight Josh Alamon. That young man is a beast. But Josh was pulled to him, pulled to him. My son, my my, my, my daughter, my, my son-in-law, Rich Burnett, Strength Coast, Greater Atlanta Christian, gonna be training NFL and NBA athletes. That's his new thing he's gonna be doing, his new business he's gonna be doing. Josh, I mean, and Rich, Rich, I was talking to Rich this week, and I called him, and I said, I, I just wanna know, like, what is it that draws you so much? He goes, I don't even fully know. He just loves people like Jesus does. He said, I'm actually driving up to see him every week. I'm going up to Clemson to see him. I'm getting up at like 4.30 and driving up there just to have breakfast with him once a week. I'm just pulled to him. I, God has been progressively breaking my heart over the years. Things done to, around me that I would let people get this close and no closer. And I, I, wor I would work hard. I know what to do. You want me in the middle of your trauma. I know what to do. All that. I know what they say at church growth seminars, all that. I know how to build youth groups, all that. But God did a number on my heart this week. I wanna be soft. I wanna be used by him. I wanna be able to have new wine put in me and it have room to grow. And I think we get to choose. Now, here's what's interesting, and I'll close with this. 
And young people, you need to hear this. The old is better. You don't believe me? Read the verse I didn't read. What's it say? The old is better. You know what that means for you young people in this room? How many of y'all are young people? This is your shot. Yeah, no, go ahead. Come on, embrace it. Yeah. You got, you got better stuff ahead of you than you got right now in the kingdom of God. If you're old, join me. I am. Embrace it. You know what it means? We ain't done yet. Far from it. Amen. Thanks for listening. I'm Erna Brown.